Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Kevin and Chuck. Today, well, you know how when they say the shit hits the fan and that's how they describe the apocalypse? Well, I feel like there may be a reason they chose those words. And that's because today we're going to talk about the smelly side of prepping. The bad, gross, ugly, dirty, disgusting flies, mosquitoes, garbage, sewer, septic, dirty diapers, the bad of prepping. So we're going to talk about the smelly side of prepping, the trash. So I don't know. What people don't realize is it doesn't take long for the garbage that you have to build up. It doesn't take long for you pooping outside in the woods because your toilets are backed up to become a problem. So there's a couple of things you can do to think about and plan and maybe head this off. Now, when I first got excited about this idea and wanted to do something like this, I, I immediately do my normal research. I hit YouTube. I tried Google. I pull out some of my books. I have big sections on managing waste. Uh, in um, one of the books I, I love as a go-to is The Self-Sufficient Life and How to Live It. Um, he's got a eh, about two pages on managing waste. I got to say, it's nobody has any real plan. Um, YouTube was ridiculous. I tried like off-grid waste and, you know, getting, recycling your stuff. Apparently, everybody's plan for recycling is taking it to the recycle center. 
that's what recycling means to all these, uh, you know, unwashed masses, if you will, or patchouli smelling, smelling masses. Um, well, guess what? The recycling center is going to shut down when the apocalypse comes. And, you know, I was thinking about it too with, you know, one of the big things is, you know, we talk about November and, and the election. And, and I mentioned that, you know, maybe you won't want to go out and maybe some services will be shut down from rioting and things like that. Well, one of these services could be your trash pickup. And that's kind of a big deal. If, if you're not getting your trash handled, you got problems. Um, it gets smelly fast. And the thing is, it can start to overwhelm you. And, you know, I, I was in the Navy and, you know, we had some short time for a little while where we weren't allowed to throw trash over the side of the ship. And now, mind you, don't worry, it's all okay. I'm told that they do that now. It's okay. We're back in and dumping our garbage in the ocean. You can rest easy. But with that, when they stopped allowing it, we had garbage all over the ship in no time. Um, we were filling up bins and storage cabinets and, you know, every closet and cubby hole. And, you know, they have voids in a ship. And we were filling it all with, with garbage. Um, we had a neat little machine that made these plastic discs that kind of compress the plastic waste. But it adds up and it adds up fast. So it's something you need to think about beforehand and kind of come up with a plan. Now, like first off, if you're in the city, <laughs> it's going to get bad fast. Because if, if your city's anything like New York, you know that that 10 by 10 apartment that you have that you pay $2,000 a month for in Manhattan, 10 by 10 is going to fill up that garbage pretty quick. Um, So... You know, you need to have a plan. Um, I recommend if you're in a high rise in the city, you just throw that shit out the window. I mean, that's that's what everybody does. You know, the putting it in your hall, it's just going to end bad because that hallway is just going to fill up. You need to throw that shit right out the window. Um, that's kind of irrelevant advice because what I would tell you is you need to get the hell out of the city and fast. You need to just pack everything up and get out to the country. And then we're going to come up with a real plan of what you need to do in the country. So like I said, we need to go to the country and that's really, you know, what you got to do. You got to get the hell out of the city in a shit hits the fan situation. And you know what? I, I've been thinking about this more and more. And I feel like most country folks with 20 acres or 15 acres or 10 acres, might not be that unhappy to see you because having decent people now it's good to network and make the friends beforehand. But I got to tell you, being a family and start spreading out because that's one of the things that's really going to push people out of the city is the garbage. The a five, it's going to be real hard to defend yourself in the country when you know when those mobs start coming out of the city sewer the water not running, the sewage not running, people in the country have septic, they have wells, you know, you might have a way, you might still have electricity for a long while, who knows? So these are things you need to think about. And the country's where people are going to want to be. And so a lot of you get these refugees and people coming out, 
Well, if that's the case, your septic is going to be taxed. Um, your garbage supply is going to be taxed. All these things, you need to come up with a plan. So basically, the first thing that it comes to with recycling and living off grid and dealing with a shit hits the fan situation, this is something you need to do now before you end up in this situation. You need to start thinking about the products you buy. Think about how they're packaged. Think about how you're going to store them. Think about, you know, how they're con contained. Really, people need to be buying things that aren't really packaged in plastic. Um, I know that's harder to do. And, you know, and, and being able to store things, you're going to kind of end up with plastic. The upside to that is if you do separate everything, you can compress the plastic into a pretty small area. It does kind of squeeze up and, and get tiny. Um, you know, that's why, like I said, on the ship, we used to compress it into like little discs, um, coming out with, uh, some kind of bucket and a press, you might be able to find a way to really condense it into something, you know, that you can kind of fill like a 55 gallon drum, that kind of thing with, and just really keep kind of compressing it in there and then store things like that. The next thing is you really do want to separate everything. You want to separate stuff so that anything that it all can be composted makes it to the compost. Um, right. Because that's going to be a huge asset for you. That's going to yeah. be your coffee grounds, your eggshells, your, you know, all your food waste, your banana peels, your things that are smelling, things that are yeah. really bad. If you get those into the compost, and the compost isn't right outside your kitchen door, that's going to take a huge amount of the gross, smelly, nasty, right out of your landfill. Yeah, the and landfill, that's, that is probably ahead. that is probably fifty percent of the weight in your garbage can every every uh, every time you take it out. It's fifty percent of your weight stuff, right? And also, if you guys start buying things and choosing what you get a little bit, you know, more carefully, you'll really find that you can really thin it down that that's the majority of your waste. And also things like cardboard and stuff like that are going to decompose and, and just kind of turn into nothing. Mm. Now, let me, the, let me yeah, run through some of the stuff that's in the, uh, that you can throw in the, in the compost bin, vegetable right. peels, coffee grounds, eggshells, um, all the garden waste that you have coming out of your garden leaves, uh, tea, but not the tea bags, only loose tea, okay. sawdust, mulch. Uh, the things you don't want in the compost, though, is meat and cheese because that stuff, it's just nasty. It smells nasty real fast. Um, you don't want onions and garlic or citrus in there, uh, at least when you're starting your compost bin, because they can, you know, they can, can kill off some of the bacteria you want. Uh, what I do is I just keep a small container under my sink where, you know, like a, a can with a lid where I just throw stuff in there throughout the day, you know, and every couple of days I take it out to the compost bin and dump it. Now you do need something with a lid because you're going to get fruit flies and that kind of crap. And you're going to be yeah. pissed off at me and you're going to be like, you know what, dude, that's not really worth it. I don't want that shit in my house and it's disgusting. And I understand that, you know, that's a reasonable argument, but if you find something with a lid and if you're quick to take it out, you know, mm -hmm. um, 
and you can make it somebody's mission, you know? And I right. would say the anything organic will decompose and compost. Um, what he was saying about the meat and the cheese, it's not going to be good for your garden and stuff like that. But you can also set up a separate pile to kind of start decomposing. And honestly, animals will come quick for the fat and the, the meat and things like that. That you're, Yeah, you want to keep that further away from your house if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna do that, you know. Um and uh I think that I think that uh you know the important thing is that is that you get the stuff out and away from where you're living, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh my compost bins as far away from the house as you can get without being on somebody else's property. Um I'm sure and, your neighbors and, love you. Yeah, because fuck them, though. Seriously. I mean, it's right. Throws the party I think you Sunday put it night. underneath their kitchen window, and then you're <laughs> he like, oh, party it's not even nearby. It's Sunday night with a with a karaoke machine that you run till two in the morning. Fuck those guys. Kevin, you know that was you. <laughs> you know that was you. I like you're trying to mislead your neighbors and make them think <laughs> it's somebody else. Uh, but anyway, so... You want to separate everything. So you have your compost, that kind of stuff. We got our plastic going into another thing. And then you got your metal. Now, the metal you can kind of bury, but I I am sure a lot of people will tell you metal can be recycled. Um, and, And what I mean by that, not that we're going to the recycle factory at the end of the road, but that you can repurpose it into a million different awesome things. A million things, And right. the more you're getting into prepper, you're going to realize that. The other thing, both plastic, metal, and especially glass containers are a big thing that you're going to want to save. You're going to not right. have new stuff coming in, and you're going to want to hang on to these items. So any containers you can reuse are going to be, and especially glass. If you're not breaking glass... It's going to be, you know, have another purpose. There's so many different things you can do that, you know, are going to be a benefit by keeping uh, the glass that you have. Because, again, remember, no new stuff is coming into your supply. So with that, having containers and glass. Yeah, I think that's a big that's a that's a big deal for me i mean I've, I've got a lot of jars you know when it's jars of spaghetti sauce jars of whatever things that come with lids they're great to reuse you rinse them out and you know that goes for everything though even the trash you're throwing out it's a good idea to rinse it out if you have access to clean water at this time because it's just going to take some of the smell and, and the i also the trash. exactly i would also point out that if you have a lot of food waste and you're like, well, I can't compost half of what I eat because I never ate a vegetable and I only mm-hmm. eat meat and cheese, then can I interest you in pigs? Because pigs you could be your friend and you can eat them. That's it's right. kind of full circle there. Um, mm-hmm. Also, uh, yeah, so you can have paper, metal. Um, also, you know, think about you can burn stuff. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, I burn, I burn everything that's burnable. Um, you know, when you put your, your garbage bag out on the street, that's public property. Anybody that can, can come along and take that and know a whole lot about you, about, you know, what, what bills you all have, you know, what kind of debts you have, how much money you have in the bank, you know, 
anything that's got my name and address at, as a minimum is going in the garbage is going in the burn pile. Now yeah. you want to be conscientious about it. Um, because in a, you know, shit hits the fan situation, you know, you don't want to be back there burning tires and shit. You know, that no. smoke's going to go up a long ways and it's going to be, that's where you draw the limit on burning tires. Is yeah, it after I mean, the shit hits the fan. Yeah. I've burned tires now, but you know, when you're trying to keep your situation private, yeah, you know, you don't want a big column of black smoke going up in the air, pointing everybody in the direct direction where you're at, you know? All right, so, I'll give you that one. So I I personally have my garbage down to one bag a week. Just because of all the shit that I do to keep it, you know, minimize everything. Uh, I reuse a lot. I do recycle, which uh, that's not necessarily going to be a situation like we said. But reusing stuff can go a long way to keeping your trash down. Right. And you're not going to have new stuff coming in, so that's going to help. But we still, you know, especially you guys with your long-term food storage and all that, you're going to have a lot of stuff that, you know, is still going to be waste. And you got to have a plan for that. You need to find a place. And, you know, how cool if you got a big tractor or something. If not, get ready with that shovel because, you know, you're going to have to find a way to deal with it. And if you don't cover it, it's going to be attracting animals. They're going to bring and drag it all over the place. You're going to attract flies and all kinds of things you don't want around your property. So find a way to bury it, even if you're digging those holes now, you know. Um, now, the next thing, let's talk about the poos. The poos. The poos. Yeah. So, now, your sewer, you're, if you have a septic tank, you're you going to be options. able to keep dumping shit in there as long as you have water to put in the back of your, the tank of your toilet. Exactly. As long as you can refill that tank, you're going to be able to flush that toilet and dump it in the uh And that is tank. your A1 number one option if you have a septic mm-hmm. tank. You do not want to be like, well, I'm too lazy to get the water. I'm going to just do an outhouse. Nah, mm-hmm. don't do that. Get the water as long as you have an unlimited supply of water. Right. Um, now, the other thing, if you have, if you're on city waste or, you know, you, you're, you know, your, your shit runs down to a sewer plant someplace, you can keep shitting in there. It's going to, it's, it's not, nobody's taking care of it on the other end, maybe at this point, but it's going to keep leaving your house. And that's really the important for a while. thing is to get the shit away from you. There is a right. chance that it'll back up, but you'll remember in the beginning of the podcast, I said, get the hell out of the city. Because, yeah, if you're in New York City, it's going to start backing up. Um, It's not all going to just run away once people stop, you know, manning those plants. You're going to be good for a little while. But then when the pump stations are all failing. Yeah, well, it's just going to run out of the pump station for the most part. It's going to run out on the ground someplace. It's just not going to run out in the ground in your yard. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Now, a lot of people are taxing their septic systems and take them way too long um, before they get them emptied. Uh, Typically, I I read that you should get it checked, but that sounds ridiculous to me, like every two to three years and get it emptied every four to five years. The four to five years get it emptied, especially if you want to be ready for a downtime in the apocalypse, I do agree with. 
the getting it checked every two to three years sounds like somebody wants to charge you a hundred bucks to come out and screw you. That's what it sounds mm-hmm. like to me, but you know, whatever each is on. I would say, um, putting some kind of enzymes in your, uh, septic tank, you know, some kind of bugs that eat poos, flushing them down your toilet. You know, like yeah. what I'm talking about is like Ridex, something like right. that. That sh- and that actually works. That should actually work. And that will I'll tell act- you what doesn't work though. Tell me. I I was uh I was um on a job ha- and we were cleaning out septic tanks. So we were going from house to house, opening it up. Uh, it was part of a contract for a, for a cul-de-sac, and this lady was very interested in what was going on. Mm-hmm. So we, so we opened her septic tank, and she was standing there. And as soon as we opened it, she screamed and ran away. Because <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was full of the entire rainbow of condoms that somebody had tied a knot in every time they flushed them down the toilet, and they just inflated as as well. You you get what it, what's happening, but they're all floating. Cigarette butts, condoms—they don't break down in the in the uh, in the septic tank. Don't do that. Don't be stupid. Don't be like Sharon. Okay. Now, maybe you set up your little cabin in the woods and you have a little brook next to it and you always used to use a septic tank, but now you decided you're going to live for the next year in the uh, in the uh, woods. Or maybe you're planning and things are good right now and you have the cabin out in the woods and you're like, I wonder if it's possible for me to take it past set, you know, outhouse and move into flushable toilet. Now mm-hmm. flushable, you obviously need running water coming in. So maybe you have that river that's above your property that isn't going to flood your property. This sounds like an impossibility, but you know, maybe yeah. there's something, some magic you have, but if you can get running water or if you can, uh, like I said, maybe you're huffing it from a stream. You can make your own septic tank. It's not that complicated. Um, Basically, and the thing is, too, you might even want like just a drain for your sink, Um, Mm -hmm. something like that. So you basically run the waste pipes out. You dig a hole in the ground. You take a big tank as big as you're willing to go. Maybe it's a 55-gallon drum, uh, usually plastic if you're burying it because that metal one isn't going to hold up. Um, I've seen people do those big water totes, different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you bury that usually, uh, so you'll have a pipe going in and then you'll have another pipe going out at a lower level, but it, they can even kind of be even, even mm-hmm. or lower than the pipe coming in. The one going out is going to have holes to, we'll call it leach out uh-huh. the water that, you know, overflows. So what happens is the stuff comes in, goes down. You want the second pipe going out. You do want it lower now that I think about it. You need it lower because there's going to be poos floating on the top. And Mm -hmm. what I've even seen is like a trap. Um, I've seen, um, so the leaching pipe going out of it, you have an elbow that goes down. So it's not taking what's floating right on the surface, if that makes sense. So you're actually drawing from lower, but as it rises up, you know, above the pipe, obviously it's going to go out, but you're not getting that surface debris, we'll say. Um, Right. Because everything is heavier. 
Yeah. Right. Everything is heavier or lighter than water. Right. So you so want some stuff to be settle and right. some stuff to float and you want to be in between. And you basically leach that out over, you know, a larger area. You're going to surround that with either sand, stone, loose rock, whatever. If you can get that a little bit away from your sink, your toilet, whatever, that would be ideal. Um, you do according to the CDC. Now, this varies by town. And obviously, you can't make a septic system according to your building department. I'm just saying mm -hmm. this is the basic principles. And you might be able to work something out in a tough situation. Um, the CDC says 50 feet for your drinking water well to the septic tank is the minimum. So mm -hmm. I would agree with that. I would say that or further um, municipalities, it varies. I've heard a hundred feet. I've heard different things depending where you are, but on the CDC website, before you say I'm crazy, they do say 50 feet for a well to a septic. So keep that in mind. Um, now outhouse, you're not burying it. You're not filtering it through the dirt as well. That you want to go 75 to 100 feet from your drinking water supply. Um, right. I would even recommend further if it's like a creek or something. If your drinking water supply is coming from a well, that means it has additional filtration through the dirt and stuff under the water. If it's mm -hmm. a creek right there, you run the risk of your runoff coming right kind of right back into it. Um, so you do run into some issues there. You really want to do have it, have it far away from your water supply. Plus you want to have it far away from your camp. Now, nobody wants to go out and take a crap and, you know, have to hike a mile away to go use it. And that sucks. You have to find the happy balance, but right. The next thing I would tell you, and this is, I've actually learned from the tiny home world. I don't know if mm -hmm. you guys remember, but I built a tiny house not that long ago. And in the tiny home world, what they do is they'll set up like a outhouse where you have like a five gallon bucket under the toilet seat and maybe a trap door that you can open from behind it. Or even if the toilet seat kind of lifts up and you can lift out, what you do is slide in a five gallon bucket underneath the toilet seat. Now, mm -hmm. You try and encourage, like what they'll typically do um, is send the liquids another direction. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you can uh, maybe have like a urinal kind of setup, that might make things last longer where you're not filling right. up the bucket. Get the wife a she-wee. Yep, there you go. And what you would typically do is you have a bucket of like ash from your fire or mm -hmm. wood shavings. Or if right. nothing sawdust. else, maybe some leaves, sawdust, and you put it on top. They typically use sawdust or ash from a fire for the uh, the tiny house setup. And basically, you just cover all the surface of it every time somebody uses it. So they take a scoop, they sift it out on top, and they're good to go. Um, typically, if you're using a fire for cooking, that kind of thing, you should be producing enough ash to have a continuous supply there, you know, to uh, keep that going. That's your minimum. And then you take that five gallon bucket even further away and you dump that into a pit that eventually you bury. Mm -hmm. um, and believe it or not, that too 
can be composted. Um, I would not compost it for my food, but your compost pile that you're using with the meat would be great for that, that kind of thing. Um, you know, stuff like that. So those are the things you need to do. But the big thing is to start thinking about it, come up with a place to deal with it and set it up a little bit so that it's going to be easy when you don't have the amenities that we have now, you know, a chainsaw, um, you know, digging equipment, things like that. These things are something to think about before things get bad, not after, but find a way to recycle and reuse your stuff. Think about what you buy and realize how much that might become an issue later and how you can plan for it. But that's what I got. I mean, you just, it's something we need to plan for and it's a real issue. So with that, um, Kevin, you uh, had some news. We uh, we have some t-shirts, you guys. I don't know if you've seen them, but uh, if mm-hmm. you go to preppingbadass.com, we have some badass t-shirts, some cool stuff. We have some face masks for those of you that want to go out and show them you're still a badass, even though you're covering your mouth and nose and hiding in fear. Whatever you're doing, we got a, a solution for you. Um, <laughs> I'm a dick. We also have these fun coffee mugs that you might be uh-huh. excited about. Um, right. We had a lot of cool stuff on there. You might want to check it out. Now, mm-hmm. we actually had a contest where if you sent us a picture with some of the cool gear that you bought, we would send a pretty badass Bowie knife, Damascus steel blade, leather sheath. It's pretty sweet. Handmade, um, handcrafted. Handcrafted in America. Well, most of it anyway. We won't talk about <laughs> it. Um, but uh, as far as I can tell, it is all American, but I, I wasn't there for all of it, so I don't really know. But uh, right. I do know that the handle and it was put together in the sheath were handcrafted in America. I can vouch for that. The right. blade, from leather from American animals. Yeah, again, that's hit or miss. I can't <laughs> really be sure. But we'll put it this way. We tried. All right. So definitely we could get the assembled in the U.S. stamp on there. And mm-hmm. I don't know about after that. After that, it's a crapshoot. Um, so anyway, um, Kevin went through all the pictures. The two of us, we had a little council, a meeting of the minds. And uh, we were able to come up with a winner. Um, Kevin? We did come up with a winner. Who, who is this yeah. winner? This winner is Garrett. Garrett wins this contest. Garrett is so, the knife winner. So he should Garrett, email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com and yes, send sir. us his and, info. Uh, send us the, an, yeah. an address that we can ship it out to. We may actually have his address through Patreon. I feel like he's been around a while, but uh, I don't know. I think it's best that you send it to us because addresses change. You know, the old lady maybe kicked you out. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in your life. So (laughs) you hook us up with a good address. And then within some reasonable amount of time, two weeks, three weeks, I think we can uh, send off that knife and uh, hook you up. And you can show us that you're a uh, proud, badass supporter. And the rest of you. We definitely love to see. Knife on Facebook, a picture should of it. check it out. 
and there were some other guys, Brian. I know you were in there. You were in the running. Um, Mm -hmm. Warren. Yeah. Warren. Warren was in the running. Uh, You know, there's a lot of guys. We're thinking about you, but, uh, you know, we had to pick a winner and it was Kevin's choice and he made it. And that's, that's that. So (laughs) with that, stay safe and we'll talk to you guys next week. Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Ooh.